0: I, I don't think I've seen a crowd like that, a Penn State crowd like that at the end of the game, hostile. I was literally um, about
1: to say that. I was like, a lot
0: of people are, a lot of people are are, are done.
1: I've, yeah. I've never felt this emotionally attached to a game since I've been out and not playing. And it's, uh, this one's hard to get over. So I've, I'm starting to feel, I'm starting to feel the fandom through my veins now.
2: Now I'm a little opposite a little bit. I've been super attached to a few games. So I'm I'm a little bit scarred already. And a lot of fans I'm talking to after the game kind of felt like there wasn't much disappointment because they kind of expected to see this, which is sad in its own, right?
1: I just I felt I felt it for the first time just being around practice and stuff that I thought the team was was ready for this moment. But then, you know, we come out, we move the football, we do some things well, and then the first, the first sign of adversity, you just saw the confidence of this team drop significantly and there's no question that, that like James Franklin is brilliant he's a brilliant mind
0: like he, is, that's not in, in question I think the way that they come out and respond against Rutgers with with Ty Howell Juwan like these guys that, that's what I'm most intrigued by because they got to get through the rest they got to get through two more games and you know that's that's going to be the tell of like hey wheels fall will stay on and mm-hmm. then then you got portal coming up after that and i yeah. think there is lead- i mean i know there is leadership within this in this locker room you got guys that really care about penn state want to be there want to be a part of a playoff team championship team but next to really start Saturday is yeah. gonna be big <laughs>
1: So guys, we got The merch.
2: We have hats, shirts, hoodies. We got it all. Make sure you hit the link in the description. Check it out.
1: You guys keep buying the merch; it allows us to produce this pod and continuing to bring you guys dope content.
2: So go check it out. Make sure you tag us at State Media PSU. And when you get yours, make sure you shout us out. We'll give you a
1: shout out online. Check it out. Looking forward to the support, and we appreciate you guys as always. All right, it's we're it's over. It's in the past. This is the pocket again. my guy, Mahdi, had to jump in here. Uh, I know we just had him on, but he was up at the game with us, and uh, he had some stuff to get off his chest. All three of us were in attendance, um, and there's uh, – it doesn't feel great right now. I'm just going to be completely honest with you. <laughs> no. um, I've, no. I've never felt this emotionally attached to a game since I've been out and not playing. And it's uh, this one's hard to get over. So I'm starting to feel I'm starting to feel the fandom through my veins now.
2: Yeah, and I'm trying
0: to be though.
2: Now I'm a little opposite a little bit. I've been super attached to a few games, so I'm I'm a little bit scarred already. And a lot of fans I'm talking to after the game kind of felt like there wasn't much disappointment because. They kind of expected to see this, which is sad in its own right a little bit. You know, that hurts just to hear, but I feel it. You know, yeah. I ended up watching the second half of the game from the stands. You know, I came off the alumni sideline, you know, I'm hearing a lot of rumblings and it, it was a different feel. First time for me sitting in the stands, watching the game. And you kind of you feel what the the fan base is, is going through. But as we know, we're players. We've been those guys going through those tough games. We know what those guys are going through, so it's it hurts either way when you when you come up short, you know, again against a big opponent opponent.
1: Motts.
0: Yeah, look, it's like for the moment for the moment to be built up again so big, it was certainly it was more I think the dynamics that were we're, were to me striking or at least more alarming was like the I, I don't think I've seen a crowd like that a Penn State crowd like that at the end of the game hostile
1: I was literally um, about to say that I was like a
0: lot of people are a lot of people are 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 done you know like and and not not a not a lot of people like a you know lot like tens of thousands of people it's like you build them up to this point of expectation you know it's like what the what the hell? So I think there's a frustration. I mean, there is a frustration there, obviously. And like we watched, it. I was with you at first half, yeah. standing down there. I mean, we watched them warm up. These guys were teed up. It wasn't for lack of, you know, like preparation in terms of, you know, being ready for the moment. Uh, that that was the vibe I got from from, the, from Penn State. They were ready to roll. So you know, that just was, you know, it was just a big buildup into, a man, how how do we get the momentum? Back, it's hard to see the light at the end of that tunnel right now. But
1: yeah, I think I think there's a lot of aspects to this that, that we're going to dive into. But to preface this, at least on my opinion from from the game, we're going to dive deeper into the game here a little bit later on. But just just face value of of what concerned me most was to your point. I mean, I, they looked ready, they looked teed up. I was at walkthrough on Friday. They were focused, they were excited, they were loose. So it's kind of all those things. like I asked when, when uh, before we were about to play Ohio State, B-Bell and I had Joshua Perry on here, and I asked him just kind of about how how Ohio State prepared for games like this while he was there under Urban. And I just I felt I felt it for the first time just being around practice and stuff that I thought the team was was ready for this moment. But then you know, we come out, we move the football, we do some things well, and then the first the first sign of adversity, you just saw the confidence of this team drop significantly. And, you know, I, there's another point to that. Like I said, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. But that that was the most concerning thing to me is that it – and, B, you talk about confidence all the time. You've been talking about confidence since the first show. But I just saw the confidence of at least the offensive unit, right? Like the defense did their thing. I mean, they. I, I didn't even look at the, the, the box score. I've been so pissed off. But, I mean, I guarantee you they were on the field for – a really long time um so that's that's what's alarming it's like they don't have that kill in them they don't have that dog in them like someone who's going to be able to pull the team out of that on the offensive side of the ball everyone's kind of like that spider-man meme just you know pointing and looking at each other like who's going to be that guy um and i you know unfortunately i think that takes us right to our first topic you know A lot of speculation with this. Uh, This has now been five offensive coordinators under James Franklin in his tenure here, Uh, but but your sitch is out the door. Um, And I think you brought up a great point. Like the fans, um, I don't think it's ever been like this. And really, I don't think Coach Franklin had had any other choice. Um, Yeah. Had to do it. Yeah. Had had to do it. I mean, that's that's
0: you gotta respond, especially on a stage like that, with with the amount of people that were there, with that kind of national attention in that moment. It was really, uh, in my view, the only only response with the least amount of collateral. Right. Yeah. 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 Second time, second time that
2: we rolled out in the big moment and laid laid an egg. I mean, on the offensive side of the ball, you said had to happen. But now the big question is, you know, we're talking about fans. Everybody wants to fire everyone. Let go of that guy. Now what? That's the big question. Now what?
1: And the the one thing I want to say is, is I, I don't think that by, by any stretch of the imagination that this wasn't thought about as a potential opportunity, because for him to do that and now have to have to start planning about who's going to call the place, you know, our guy Ty Howe and, um, and, and the running backs coach is going to get it, get a chance at this. Um, but th- there was definitely probably some some thought about this for a few weeks uh with the potential right you're sitting there going through situations through the rest of the season probably after that Ohio State loss and the manner in which that was that was played out there was probably some thoughts if if we do go out and put together a similar performance against Michigan is that acceptable or not so uh i want to get y'all's thoughts on that do you think that this was definitely pre it it seems like a, it well it doesn't seem but it could seem like a knee jerk reaction, but realistically speaking, I think when you're when you're sitting in Coach Franklin's shoes as long as he's been here, I think he was planning for these types of things. Because I do want to say this, I think that this next hire, um, whether you whether whether it wants to be talked about or not, this next hire, I think, is his last his last crack at this. Uh, and, and I'm going to paint the bigger picture, right? Because I think that there's a lot of dynamics that go into this. But I think that this hire is probably his last crack at at I'm not going to even say shifting the blame, but being able to now with a new administration, a new president that's aligned and willing to give him everything we've had. Because I'm going to be honest with you, since even since you've been there, Moss, so that was part of the reason why Billy left in the first place. There was just right. so much dysfunction on the administrative level, post Certainly. you know what I mean, and so many people were doing too many different jobs. And I really do believe that Pat Craft uh, is, is a super solid guy. Um, I've gotten to meet the president a few times. I think she's phenomenal. Um, and I think that they are really aligned. They've been spending. They've shown the willingness to spend, um, which is going to bode well, probably, for this search. But when you're handed a guy like Coach Franklin with a monster contract extension um, – which even on the surface, some may have said at that time, you know, may or may not have been warranted with his record going into that. Um, you know, he, and then, he, and then he, he did earn it last year. You know what I'm saying? I thought he did the right things to earn it last year and it was it was warranted. But now you have to start looking when you give him everything and you give him everything at his disposal. Um, this was the last, I think, domino um, that, that they could go to to say, OK, who's your guy and name a price? And I think that that's how they're going to approach this hire. I think Coach Franklin's motivated to approach this hire this way based upon his press conference. And I want to get y'all's thoughts on that as well from a big picture. I know I talked a lot there, but I think it's it's I, I think it's important to paint that right where, you know, people want to fire the head guy right away. But you also got to understand the, the, the politics above him from an administrative standpoint with Pat craft from an imaging standpoint coming in and two years in making a decision like that, cutting a guy loose who had a big extension, you just, you really can't do it. Right. But now, um, you know, like I said, I just think that face value, this is the biggest decision that coach Franklin's going to have to make in his tenure at Penn state.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. He, he's got to get it right. They've got to get it right for the, foreseeable the future of himself, but also this program. I mean, these recruits. I mean, you know how it goes. They they want to see this, and they want to see you know the explosion on offense. You want to get the top guys. We talk about Ohio State that gets guys like um, you know Ferrari, whatever you want to call them. Um, we want we need to continue to get those guys. If that's going to happen, we need to have a successful offensive plan. Like you
0: mentioned mentioned alignment like that, that wasn't there whenever james got walked in the door yeah. and then the way it is now up up to chain of command like like from pat up to up to president neely um and, and it is interesting like going from sideline where pat is locked in like he yeah. he's a fo- he's a football guy like he knows football but also you know being a phd like sharp sharp executive so but then, you know, Neely's upstairs, you're working her ass off, freaking trying to get a, a line, the state, literally, you know, with the governor up there trying to make things happen. And so you have, you know, a lot of people at, like at the helm that you you can that you can really get behind. So, like, that's encouraging. But when you keep when you roll out that product, it's that's where you, you know, when you lose kind of the again, like the hype, that it just becomes kind of this hype and, and it's hard to, it's hard, but, but you got to trust at least the fact that those, the people that in charge, you know, it's just, it's a matter of time, you know, that they, they'll, they they'll get it fixed. They're, they they know what, what it should look like, what, what they're going to, if their, if their expectation is to be a a, a playoff contender, well, they're going to be doing the things that it takes to, to put a playoff product on the field. And, and that's, <laughs> Those, you know, that now I mean that's why we're talking about OC getting fired because that's you know that's the competitive landscape that is college football and you know we don't if you, eight and two ten and two is gonna not it's just not going to do it if those are, if that's the direction we're going well okay well then then that's ex- expectation of the product that you put All out right. there I think I think that's a great,
1: yeah, Dave, you got yeah I out? think that's
2: a great word uh, expectation and I think that's what has gotten the fans as we said. That boiling point of why we've never experienced a Penn State, you know, community like this, because, you know, we keep talking about, you know, Franklin has, and the stat, the team has been good, has been very good the last few years, you know, ten to eleven to wherever it may be, but the expectation was more, and, you know, not to anyone's fault that we should expect more. That's what we all want because we, you know, we're proud and we see what can happen to a university, a community when you expect to be great elite championship level, but we keep, you know, falling short of that. Everyone, you know, you're bursting everyone's bubble. You know, you tell them this, you telling them that. So that's why kind of, the air was like let out of the stadium, uh, you know, at the end of that game. And to hack your point in the beginning, you know, it, it, this is, this, he, they, they have to get this next hire right. It has to work for the future yeah. of, for sure the future of this program with the playoffs expanding and everything like that, you know, we need that offensive firepower as we see, that we've witnessed to keep up with the programs that we, you know, aim to be like, and that offensive coordinator is going to be a big part of that, especially in the recruiting. and everything. And I,
1: yeah. And I, I think that, um, you know, with the playoff expansion and all that stuff, like it's been ran through. There's been plenty of people that have evaluated Like Penn State would have made the playoffs, but it still brings up the same point. When you look at the overall body of work against top 10 opponents, like we might've made the playoffs, but it's basically the same thing as making a New Year's Six Bowl at this point in time. You get a hang a banner of a college football playoff, you know, bracket entry or or whatever, but you, you do need something to now now get over the top and get competitive. And I think... One of the hardest parts for Penn State fans and in particular is watching a program like Michigan where under Brady Hoke, when I first got there, you know, super, super talented team, never really got to reach their full potential. We're up and down. Michigan goes out and makes a, makes a splash higher with Jim Harbaugh. He's kind of right back into the competitive nature. And now Jim Harbaugh's gotten over the hump by beating Ohio State back-to-back years, winning two back-to-back Big Ten championships, two berths into the college football playoff. And, in in all reality, when you look at it, you're talking about similar roster, similar pool, similar recruiting areas. Like we're still right there with them from when you're when you're looking at what's actually on the field, the product on the field, the players on the field. Brennaman just released this thing today about this like there's all these metrics out there now, but this blue chip metric or whatever the hell it was, where you know a certain percentage of your roster is a four or five star recruit, and we're at 54 and Michigan's at 55. You know what I'm saying? The only ones that's leaps and bounds is Alabama, Georgia, or Alabama and Ohio state are at like 90 and then 85%. So what what we've been saying here this whole year about when you look at these teams on paper, like maybe we were stepping over our bounds a little bit with the Ohio state comparison, but the players that were playing when you looked at it, were that. And, uh, it's just when you see these other programs that we're consistently competing against actually taking those steps and and not just over-promising and under-delivering, you get to a point where I compare where Penn State is right now, and it, we're not quite at that point yet because I said I think that this hire is, is massively important, but there is going to be trickle-down effects to this, and we'll touch on that. But we're almost at the point where we are where Georgia was in 2014 under Mark Rick. Mark Rick was there in 2001 to 2014. They had won two SEC championships. I think they won five divisional championships. But again, that was back when he he did he did face some of the good Florida teams, but that was back when Alabama and LSU were running the west and like the west was the big division, right? So it's a little bit different from that aspect, but I really do look at us as a Georgia right now and they went out and made a ballsy move, finding a guy who was giving you nine, ten wins a year, to go get Kirby Smart, and they got him. And now you are looking at Kirby; he's ninety-one and fifteen in his tenure there, two national championships, and now is looking to dethrone the Godfather of college football and Nick Saban in the SEC in terms of just consistent program success and expectations. Right? So, I think that that's where Penn State is. It's like we've been really, really good. We've been efficient. But now how in the hell do we get to where the expectations and what's been being preached meet for everybody, fans, players, coaches, administration. So when I, when I evaluate the two situations, I think that's the closest comparison to where Penn state is right now is, is, you know, see how this plays out. I don't know what this grace period is going to be with this new offensive coordinator, which I think is a really good, a really good thing for us to dive into, but we're Georgia in 2014 right now. Do we, do we need to, do we need to evaluate everything or is this truly an evaluation period when they bring in this offensive coordinator to give him some time to ramp this up? Uh, Because I don't think it's the Jimmy's and Joe's. I I think we got the kids. I think we have the talent Um, barring all of the other obstacles that are out there with NIL and stuff like that. I really do think now how do we get these guys playing to that Level playing with the confidence necessary to start beating these programs that have had ten years of of, of consistent winning and, and winning at the highest level. You know what I'm saying?
0: After Ohio State game, it was like you know we're questioning the fact whether or not we have a, a guy a receiver, or whether or not there's you know like that missing piece. But it didn't seem you know, the talent gap like you said, like this blue trip metric. Yeah, I mean there's t- there's talent, there's weapons. I mean you see that, like the defense. They fly around. They got there's 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 NFL talent all over the defense, uh, offensively too. Which is which is where it's like, hey, this all all summer we talked about how how finally this roster's got depth. You know, it's finally we got the, all the players and that 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 they've needed. And recruiting's never been in question in, from, from James standpoint it's his wheelhouse you know and, and his staff the the way they recruit the way they get guys in now like the utilization of all that talent and and how that gets um not mm-hmm. say developed but you, again like utilized in, in game situations that's really where the it seems like the disconnect is on the other side of the ball
1: yeah i think i think I think to piggyback off that and B's coming in and out, he's figuring out some connectivity issues. That's, that's the, uh, that's the beauty of modern, modern uh, technology. Now we can reach each other from a couple hundred miles away, but um, you know, still gotta, still gotta get the Wi-Fi. But um, that, that's an interesting point because that's something I heard coming off, coming out of the stadium was with a lot of folks, you know, from boosters all the way down the line, like, Hey, we got to get these guys in here. I looked at him. I said, "Did you see the? Did you see the receivers that Michigan had? Did you like? It, we're, we're there from that standpoint. Now it's about putting these guys in positions to be successful and utilizing their talent properly. And I truly do believe because this wasn't always the case with Coach Franklin. I truly do believe that he has become the CEO and wants to wants to just oversee and delegate." Because that com- that becomes stressful. It becomes a game when you're handling – when you're juggling so many balls and trying to play in so many different fields. It's a game that, that is definitely draining, and I really do believe he's getting to that point. Um, so uh, we've been saying it all year. It's been a vanilla offense. We go out. The teams that we can dominate, the teams that we can run the ball efficiently against, the teams where our receivers can consistently win, we go out and we beat. When you have to get a dogfight, you have to put guys in positions strategically to be successful. You have to put um, you have to put confidence within the players. You know, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself here, but it's that's that's what bothers me is we're we're not we're not doing that, and we're trying to look for excuses in other areas, but that's not the case. So I, I agree with the move. Um, again, it sucks for Yursich because I just think it was a lack of confidence. I think it was a lack of a lot of things, execution at at times, but you do need to make a splash higher here.
2: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And someone that, I mean, it's going to be, I don't know who that person is going to be hard, but I have to check every box. Do they recruit? Well, what I'm big thing I'm looking for is what have they done against top competition? That's our problem, right? We can't beat those guys that are, you know, the elite crew, what has this offensive coordinator done against those type of teams and whatever conference it may be in the past? Because that's ultimately, you know, that's what we need. And whether it's from an X and O standpoint, obviously, you know, we know, we were talking about creativity this whole season and things of that nature. But also just from, as you said, Hack, a confidence standpoint, you know, who is someone that these kids are going to believe in and, you know, help them keep that confidence that they are the best in the country because that's the type of mindset we have to have moving forward as we keep talking about expectations.
1: Yeah. Now, this is an interesting conversation to kind of trickle down off of all of this, right? So there's this huge focus on, on now a revamped offense, getting a qualified offensive coordinator in here. But again, I said this, you look at this team and the way that they've played specifically on the offensive side of the ball there's a couple more variables that coach Franklin's dealing with here that uh, have never really been um, a factor when he's had to go out and make decisions like this in the past. And that's uh, specifically speaking, the transfer portal. And the reason I'm bringing the transfer portal up is you have all this attention going towards the offense and getting these issues fixed, but you literally have a championship defense right now and a defensive coordinator who is going to be one of the hottest commodities on the market as you start seeing these chips falling, right? Texas A&M, splash, paid Jimbo Fisher $75 million to not show up to work today. <laughs> um, <laughs> Mississippi State, with all of this conference realignment coming in, they're going, we need to make a splash higher and bring somebody in here if we don't, don't want to get put in the stone ages, right? We've, we've been in the basement. We need to make a splash higher to do that. So you're going to start seeing a lot of these dominoes fall as the season plays out. You're going to see programs make the tough decision and fire a guy who's given them comfortable eight, nine win seasons to say, we got to get over the hump and be competitive. Um, how much does this affect Manny Diaz moving forward? Cause I know, you know, I think you two can talk about this maybe at a higher level, but at least personally for me, evaluating the situation, Manny's done everything to win a national championship. At Penn State, he's 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 upheld his end of the bargain. Now, what's his bandwidth like? What's his tolerance like to say I'm really comfortable in state college? My family loves it here. I like the, the the low pressure. I like the way these guys are flying around. But like I said, I bring up the transfer portal. If someone comes in here and throws that cat a bag and he rolls now, now Coach Franklin has to fill two voids that are massive, and that's not a good situation to be in at all. Um, and that's one that I think is even more so. Possible than than yeah. the firing of Coach Franklin at this point in time. Uh, what do you guys think of that? And then, like I said, with the transfer portal, Manny rolls. You got a lot of yeah. talent on this roster that's playing for Coach Diaz right now and playing at a high level. It's unrestricted free agency, brother. You could see, you could see a, a lot of your too deep say Psh, he goes here. I can go play right now. I already know the system. Bang bang bang. Here we go. Right. Um, It's an interesting thought, and I don't think it's one that's been talked about enough. But what are your guys' thoughts on that, B? Yeah, I think the
2: the percentage of that happening is very likely. You know, as you said, he is going to be a hot commodity. He is a hot commodity. And from everything I've heard from him and been around him, he brings that, that dog mentality we're talking about as to, like, he wants to be the best and, as we know he had his stint as a head coach, you know that still is a part of his story and he wants to kind of you know get on a better end of that and wants to be a head coach and you know we know how that story goes you know guys have to do what they have to do when that time comes so as you said, there's a lot of doors opening up that I'm sure will be and if not have already been reaching out and if I'm going to choose now, I think he makes that decision with the right you know Opportunity. I think he makes that decision to chase, continue to chase his dream. Um, and if that's not at Penn State, I think he makes that decision.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Look, I'm selfishly, I, I've been. I enjoy watching that, watching his defenses. I, I love watching him call the games, uh, the way he adjusts, the the aggression in which he calls it. And the, I mean, I've been in, his, in some of his meetings. Um, he's 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 a league coordinator. So, you hate to see a guy like that not be satisfied with with the effort or at least the product that he's putting out on defense I'm hoping that they uh they got a you know another year window to where we can say all right let's let's get another crack at it here uh we can put that that you know on the other side of the ball play caller that's you know that can that can match his his caliber and so but other you know, other than that that would you we'd know, take
1: yeah. if if you're sitting in coach Franklin's shoes, right? Like I think that that's definitely something that's going to have to, that's probably spinning in his head right now is, you know, if, if, if I don't, what, what are, if you're coach Franklin, what are you saying to Manny Diaz right now? What's your pitch point to say, give me another year, brother. I want you to be successful. I want you to have everything that you want to have from a career standpoint, obviously peer to peer take Penn state out of it, but what's your pitch to keep Manny Diaz, and I, this could be for both of you, but I'll start with Mots and then go to UB. What's your pitch to keep Manny Diaz at Penn State? Because it's, I think that's the most integral part right now.
0: Shoot, my pitch is the fact that you got you got talent on a roster that is can do it on the, on that side of the ball, really, and on offense, offensive side of the ball too. It's like, yeah. So it's not like he's got, you know, the, the they're starting from scratch on a roster wise, but. Same time, I'm not, you know, I don't know who's what kind of input he's got on the decision making, but if I if I'm Manny, I'm probably would would have some input or at least be able to voice my opinion on uh, on guys. He's he's a cerebral coordinator, he knows he he knows (laughs) anything else of who guys are. So, you know, maybe that's a factor. Yeah, do whatever you got to do to keep Manny Diaz. That's what I'm saying. Like boy, by all costs, don't you better not freaking lose. Like keep that, keep him here, man. That's all. I'm yeah. So and obviously, no one stays here forever. But at the same time, there's one thing that does reflect the Penn State brand of football right now, and that's that's the way that defense is playing. You know, even though they did get you know 32 straight runs in the game, they're still in. They're giving their, They're giving right. them a chance to win. Yeah, they tough got two too tough. Tough. I mean, that's
1: tough, yeah, so tough. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. It's reminiscent almost of, you know, when, when we were there and, in you know, my early years career wise, it was, you know, we had, we had a top five defense year, you know, a couple of year stretch there. And the other side of the ball, it, it was, it wasn't there. And yeah. so, uh, you know, those, those guys, Again, it's, I think it's a reflection of, of the, the, the locker room, what kind of guys you got. And you know, I think those guys believe in what they're doing, but they got to give them some confidence to say, yeah. hey, my effort's worth putting out there because it's yeah. going to get reciprocated <laughs> to play yeah. some complimentary ball. You know, that's the that's way you keep guys. So. so, I think the only thing that could keep him
2: would be the relationship that hopefully he and Coach Franklin have. The rest of the staff and the players. You know, hopefully that bond is strong enough to where, like you said, you believe in, hey, one more year, brother. You'll be cemented in history, you know, that type of deal, like legacy kind of feel, because I think the odds are stacked against that decision if it comes money wise, you know, salary wise, these schools are willing to break the bank. You know, if we're talking Texas AM, we know they got it.
1: I mean they're paying $30 million to clean house right now, like that over yeah. the course of this entire deal. Like I think that's that, something it's gonna cost them to fire Jimbo so.
2: <laughs> that, that'll motivate a man. That type of salary will motivate a man. And you're talking about talent on both sides of the ball. I mean, Texas a and once again has had the top recruiting class dang near the last few years. So like I said, the thing that would keep them would be hopefully the relationship. Like, hey, trust me, one more year, you know, the whole legacy can be cemented in Penn State history. And still have a chance to you know, follow your head coaching, you know, aspirations, dreams. Because that, once again, yeah, that that'll be tough. That'll be tough.
1: Yeah, and now Go ahead. Go ahead, well,
0: I mean just just as you're talking, be like if I'm if I'm Pat Kraft, I'm I'm having that conversation with Manny too. Like, mm-hmm. hey man, here's what I'm doing so that you believe in what what the plan right. is. Yeah, you know, and Manny I mean he's he's got a whole you know, he's got perspectives on every program. The, the alumni, boom, boom, like he can go through and check all these verticals, like within a, a program to to evaluate whether there's, you know, it's worth going and putting, uh, you know, the next chapter in, his, in your career. So uh, he, shoot, he he's evaluating, but hopefully, and you know, this is happening. It's got to be, you no, know, just just in the short time of you no know, craft is is like, hey, man, Manny. He, we're, we're, here's what we're doing. Just you know, sitting, stick with us here, and maybe that's selfish on my part, but just everyone watching,
1: listen, everyone listening. There may or may not be a subliminal message in that statement right there, but just know that Michael Motti made that statement on the pocket <laughs> on November thirteenth, twenty twenty three. Um, hey, do you Mar- not to stay on
2: this too long? But do you hold any stock in? I know Manny has been great. Will continue to be great, even if it's here elsewhere. But and a new offensive coordinator taking on this challenge, or you know, a new defensive coordinator, kind of you know coming in and stepping in for what has already been built. You know, I think the weight doesn't exactly equal you know each other. I don't think the
1: weight equals out. But like I said, I think that there is a bigger challenge though, because if Manny does leave, and let's say it's not Texas A and M. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's just say, let's say Elijah Robinson, our guy, one of our guys, mm-hmm. does a hell of a job yeah. and finishes the year out. And I would want nothing more than that for one of our lettermen to go out That's and do a hell of a job That's and be at the top of that rank. Right. Let's just say that that works out perfect. Right. And let's say Texas A and off the off the off the off the radar. But you got a lot of other things out there. And now, again, with the transfer portal, not only is Coach Franklin going to be fighting the war of I got to make the best hire from an offensive coordinator standpoint, I can. I got some pieces together, but I gotta keep these pieces here because Manny Diaz is going somewhere else and they have a relationship with him. That's that's almost where that like CEO ship can backfire on you a little bit because you're not necessarily in the weeds with everybody all day long at every point in time with with the players, so on and so forth. So now what what started as a very, very small crack in the foundation has spider webbed into something that could be detrimental. And now I, I'm I'm speaking completely hypotheticals here. I got my tin foil cap out like like I like B did. <laughs> but I'm just saying that I think it's I think it definitely is something that is on the table. And uh something that I think Coach Franklin's, you know, sipping on a cold one, running through his brain of how he's gonna handle that if and when that comes up, because you don't you don't get in those positions not being a forward thinker like that. So Yeah yeah. You know. For sure, and there's no question that, that like James Franklin is brilliant, yeah. He's a brilliant
0: mind. Like he, is, that's not an, in, in question. I think the way that they come out and respond against Rutgers with with Ty Howell, Juwan, like these guys, that, that's what I'm most intrigued by because they got to get through the rest. They got to get through two yeah. more games, and you know that's <laughs> that's going to be the tell of like, hey, wheels fall, wheels stay on, and mm. then. Then you got portal coming up after that, and I yeah. think there is leadership. I mean, I know there is leadership within this in this locker room. You got guys that really care about Penn State, want to be there, want to be a part of a playoff team, championship team. But next to – really Saturday is yeah. going to be
1: big. Yeah. sure I don't want to jump it because we're gonna to touch on that but I, I do want to talk a little bit about the game right because like I said we all were there we got to watch it with our own eyes and I think this is where this is where we take off the the media analyst caps and start putting on our letterman caps and something that i that I highlighted <clears throat> in the intro was just the lack of confidence, the lack of kill and also I said confidence in the players but i th- I think Something that's been a big talking point is the two-point conversion at the end of the game and all this stuff. But I really think it, it started with, with the first touchdown we score in the second quarter or whatever it was. We go for two there. And yeah. we, it, was, it was a 14-10 to 10 if we kick the field goal game, but it's 14-9, and we decide to go for two to try to make it where we kick a field goal to go 14-14. And I don't know who made the decision, but I know who made the decision based upon my experience on locker on the sidelines – of, of who usually makes that decision, right? And I just thought that that's a reflection of a lack of confidence in the offense. If you're trying to get points and steal easy points or what are supposed to be easy points, if you're trying to manipulate points that early in a game, there was not a lot of confidence in the offense's ability to score against Michigan. And I got a problem with that because if you're We're going right. into this game, you're an underdog. You're not like you haven't beat them in a while. There's, so many things that are outside noise. I know how I would have handled that situation as a player. I would have been like, we're going to get these motherfuckers, like keep, keep it on the gas. Like, let's go. I don't care. Keep stay on schedule. Like we're going to get this next one, keep it pumping. Someone's going to make a play. We're going to be all right. Like to me, that decision like that so early ultimately compounded to the decision that was made at the end of the game. And and it's being talked about. And I I, I don't think it was the right one. Um, But that's neither here nor there. Um, well, it's here. Yeah, it's <laughs> we're here. talking about it. Well, it is here now. But oh, yeah. <laughs> we can elaborate on that. But it's there, I, but it's here. Yeah. It was, yeah. But like I said, I think you have an offense that came out. Like I said, they moved the ball up and down the field. They got stalled in the red zone. kicked kick three on the on their open. Like they, we were moving the football. We were doing some things. Michigan was making some adjustments. But I think Michigan was the first one to to really. You know, they got a couple of explosives in the run game that helped them. But they they showed their hand. They were like, listen, like. Every time we dropped JJ back was an opportunity for the ball to be in jeopardy and give Penn State a short field, which they were not going to do. They were gonna not they were gonna eliminate that factor as much as they could. They were gonna eliminate our defense's explosiveness as much as they could. And to your point, Mots, like that like that's why I said it's hard. Like when you turn around and have to go physical pound for that many reps throughout the game, like it's gonna wear on you. And Michigan's again. Talking rosters, Jimmy's and Joe's. That's a very physical football team. That's the yeah, core yeah. of their program right now. So it bo- it boded well into them. They're like, we're cool with this. Like, we're going to sneak points. We're going to slip a couple big runs. JJ is going to make a play with his feet. We don't have to throw the football. We're not going to put it in jeopardy. And that's how they played. Like, they played conservative, but we almost played more conservative when we should have been the aggressors. We should have been t- the attackers. We should have been the dictators of that football game. And it, it, it may have not been from a, from a, from a playing physicality standpoint, but at least from the coaching standpoint, like be the aggressor, try to take shots, try to be aggressive, try to change things up, mix it up. I just, that's where I got, and I didn't see anyone on the offensive side of the ball. Mm -hmm. like uh, bring that type of energy. And I think that that's a trickle down effect from the top. And when you have that decision like that, that early in the game, you know, what did, uh, Monty, what did you say when we were at the house afterwards? What did you say? The, the the remember the Titans quote. What did you say? Remember the Titans quote. Yes, you. Say, I remember. I, I was drinking a couple a couple bourbons, but <laughs> you said uh, attitude reflects, reflects oh, yeah. leadership. Yeah, yeah. Attitude reflects leadership, man. Yeah. That's
0: said any organization, but like yeah. in this one especially on the look you see it on defense the way they play the way they fly yeah. right like that's uh it, it's an attitude it's like literally uh offensively you're not giving anybody a chance to to go out with confidence cuz you know mm-hmm. the, you get you get flashes of it but but it's it's not you know when you when you do things like that like when you go when you go try to, you know, freeze them on, on, on fourth down or third, you know, third, what was it, third and th- short, third and one, fourth and one, you go to freeze them, you burn a timeout just to run a trick play to get it. And then just to yeah. go for – just to not get points, it's like, okay, now we're chasing that point. And even so, you, defense got two stops. You know, even there was 32 runs in a row. Like, in the fourth quarter, defense gets a stop, gets two stops – to then give the offense a chance to go with eight minutes or so left to go make an 80-yard, you know, game-tying drive mm-hmm. in spite of all of that shit, you know, that, yeah. that was going on earlier in the game. So, but guys mm-hmm. like Tyler Warren, you know, like, it, 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 that's a weapon, man. That's a, no you, got, you got guys that can, you know, mismatches that you could create that you, you you don't see happening. So that's, that's what is frustrating. Those things start to stack up.
2: Yeah, yeah we've we been saying that all year about the defense. I mean, we've had, you know, big plays going against us, but we've kind of seen those guys respond every time, you know. And like you said, that's that's what Manny Diaz has brought to these guys, the aggressiveness, doesn't matter what's going to happen, we're going to re- respond. As you said, Hack, you know, the first sight of kind of, uh, you know. First sight of did. rough water, some adversity, man. Yeah. 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 It, reminds, it reminds me of basketball, you know. I'm, Working in basketball right now, I'm paying attention a lot more to just like the the game behind the game, and it's the same thing. You know, the good teams first quarter, you know, it's tight because everyone's a pro, but then you see the good teams separate, and that second, third quarter, you know, they're not running the same stuff or they're running adjustments, and you see those guys. The one team struggles to get points. All of a sudden, it's a twenty, you know, uh, 20, 20 point run, and the game's over. Third, fourth quarter, they're cruising, and that's that's. That's what I saw this Saturday, you know.
1: Well, I, 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 disagree, I disagree with that. I saw a team in Michigan where we, we allowed them to get up, and then Michigan tipped their hand. They're like, we're not, we're not screwing this up. We're playing conservative. And that's why I think I've been fuming and foaming out of the mouth is that it was just like nobody grabbed the bull by the horns and said, mm-hmm. fuck that, let your nuts hang, let's go play. Like someone's right. going to make a play. We're going to give you guys chances. No one. And it's hard for me to pin that on 18, 19, 20, 21, 22-year-old kids. It's really right. hard for me to do that when you have guys making a couple million bucks making the decisions and how they, how they motivate somebody. Because, again, we weren't talking like Delaware. Like we had right. – like we're – even from a talent pool standpoint. And that's just like – I don't know, man. That's the lot exactly. of – you talk to a lot of guys about that, man. Like it's just – it wasn't there, man. It wasn't there.
2: Is that something you attest? Okay, we you know coach got fired. We're beating his back end or whatever now. But is that something you attest to coaching too much? Like I want this to happen, this to happen versus this is the game plan. Go out there and let's make it happen. You know, I
1: I think it's a beautiful like dance, right? Like and Marty, you're coaching now too. Like I've been coaching high school kids. You guys are coaching. I'm not. I'm
2: a player coach. Like hey guys, go out there and make it happen. You know, go be a dog. This is the game plan. There's not much to it. I'm letting you guys play. Yeah. That's why I'm not a coach.
1: (laughs) Right. I think it's a dance, though. Like, I think it's like – I think it's a a, a large percentage of it is having kids confident and prepared and putting them in positions to make the plays and not hand-feeding it to them, right? You need to let them happen. You need to let it happen organically because the minute you try to start, like – framing things up and, and practicing it. Like it just doesn't happen organically. And the game moves too fast to like, try to try to paint pictures like that. Right. Like a perfect example is, is, uh, I want to say it might've been, it was right before Drew fumbled. I forget what quarter it was, but Mm -hmm. the play before Drew fumbled, he checked it down to to Theo in the on, on, in the flat, but he had Keandre running a a corner post and like, he had all the time in the world and Keandre won. I mean, it was a clean right. touchdown and he, drew had the whole field to throw him on yeah. the left side yeah. and he had the time like Drew hadn't been making that decision. And I don't know if he's not being coached to see these things or not being coached to read body language. But that was a that was a perfect opportunity for him to come out of the show. And I know I'm making it a microcosm, but that's just one example. But I think that that's a beautiful dance of like infusing confidence in what we're doing and how we're doing it. And then being able to adjust on the fly to continue to, put, to figure out how we can put them in situations where they can be successful. And, again, when you're in this type of game with all the expectations and the mentality going into it, and you already have the opponent tipping their hand about how they're playing the game, they're like, we can't make this a shootout. I mean, they flat right. out were like, if we have to drop JJ back, right. we're going to fuck up. So mm-hmm. – they, 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 they completely tip their hand. And for us not to take advantage of that and and grab the bull by the horns and say, all right, you know what? We're going to figure out a way how to do this. We're going to get creative with protection. We're going to move the pocket. We're going to get drew on the edge. We're going to find a way to get our tight ends matched up against their linebackers and safeties or just, you know, coverage indicators split, split Tyler Warren out. If you got a fucking linebacker or safety over him, like let's just play one-on-one ball and feed the beast. Like there's just so many things that, that we could have done again from a scheme standpoint, but then also just like having somebody in that huddle just grab the bull by the horns and be like, dude, these guys, these guys already laid over. They're thinking right. they're gonna cruise through this and just keep beating up on our defense. As an offense, we got to start pulling our pulling our weight here and right. holding up our end of the bargain. And like I said, it's hard for me to pin that on the kids, but I think there's a, there was definitely a void there. But then I think that that comes from again attitude reflects leadership coach my guy Petey like from the top and I don't I don't know if, like again that's I think that's what that's what has made me just sick to my stomach for the last four days and I don't know if I'm gonna get over it
2: yeah yeah it's definitely tough definitely tough I mean we touched on the beginning of the season where there wasn't a guy kind of separating himself offensively of being that guy that demands the ball and No, we kind of grazed over. It's like, oh, maybe we don't need that guy. You know, it's a lot of talent. We can spread the wealth, feed the backs. But it kind of came out to, as you say, football is a game of math. It's simple. Jimmy's and Joe's. But you kind of need that X factor of just, I don't care if I'm not the fastest, not the strongest. I know I deserve the ball, like we say, in these moments. And then you draw up those plays for those guys in those moments. And, yeah, we never saw that. And yeah. it, it, it looks so rudimentary is what pisses me off. It's like it's not like we're duking it out with these teams and, you know, haymaker after haymaker. It's just we almost like we don't know what we want to do. Yeah. And it's it's on the biggest stage. It's it's hard to be. I get the, uh, the feeling of the fans, as we were talking about before. Yeah. Um, it's It's a big letdown.
1: Yeah.
0: The one guy that I that I liked that that I was disappointed I didn't see was, was Bo Perbula in that game. Something. Something because it's not – and it's not a playing time thing. It's like I think when he gets on the field, guys respond to him in a different right. way. And you see that when you watch him get in a huddle and you get – and make plays. And, uh, I mean, he – He's he took New york to the state championship yeah like the kid the kid is a winner, I'm not saying drew isn't, but i'm I'm saying that something to find a way to get your office somebody right. to somebody to right. go and keep a counter punch those mm-hmm. things should be loaded in the chamber going in so that and that yeah if i'm him i'm i'm probably saying you know what the hell yeah
2: i was <laughs> yeah. I was on the opposite end of that you know we had a, a young man ask us that at the live show at champs. Going into Ohio State, and I was kind of you know I want the young kid Drew to kind of get as many reps as he could because he needs these. But as the, these last few weeks have gone about, I'm kinda, I definitely lean more towards that way. Not of not to make it a controversy or anything, but yeah, this kid deserves snaps. And as you said, it's a counter. It can be a counter, you know, to a game where obviously there's the whole thing yeah. is that you need a switch up or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that should be loaded up in the chamber, ready to go when need be.
0: Yeah, yeah shit. I mean, in New Orleans, look, I was down in New Orleans. when Taysom hill came in. Mm. I mean, look, there's Drew Brees, right? Like Drew is not Drew Brees, but but like that, that's something you go in and mixes up. It, it, it screws with personnel groupings. The defense doesn't mm-hmm. know who's who. I, I mean, there's just that's something that is, is a tool that is hard to game plan against <laughs> for <a> situations <laughs> when they shit. arise.
1: It's almost that shot of adrenaline, right? Like, it was almost what what I'm talking about. Like, if you don't have anybody who's your consistent starters that are going to come in and and provide that jolt of energy, that jolt of confidence into it, I think that's that's a great point. I mean, if if that's Bo – and, again, we haven't even seen it, so we don't know if it's going to work, right? And that would have been a hell of a mistake to test it out. But, like, it's a great point. I mean, I I think it's a good point. And you would almost think, you know – Heading into it, why someone didn't look at it and be like, "All right, it's 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 fourteen nine, you know, it's seventeen nine. Let's let's see if we can, you know, see if we can get a jolt, jumpstart this thing a little bit, and see what happens from there."
2: Yeah, and to your point, it doesn't always have to be a trick play. You know, it's yeah. the, where's the creativity within the system. And I know we're not going to keep going over this and you know beat a dead horse, but it definitely it poses some questions and kind of, you know, as we go through these last two weeks, what, what do you need to see to, to build that confidence? You know, for put your, put your fan cap back on. Mm-hmm. Alumni, we're always going to be here. Through the tough, you know, through the thick and thin, we're always going to be here. Whether we're happy or sad, we're going to be here. For the fans, we'd hope they're with us, but, you know, they can be a little more fickle. What, do you, what is your boat of confidence these next two weeks to kind of keep the, as we said, there's a lot of air let out of that stadium that we've never seen before from our fan base, yeah. and we all know we're going to need those guys to continue this journey that we are going to be on wow. know, for the future.
1: You know, listen, man, I think it's I think it's a tough I think it's a really tough situation, and I, I Marty hinted at, it and I said when well, we we'll get to it, but I think that this Rutgers team is 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 a wild card for us. No and slouch, no slouch. They they gave Ohio State a fight, and I tell I tell you one thing. I got recruited by the gentleman. He was a GA at Penn State. I think he knows what this program is all about. In Greg Ciano mm-hmm. early in his career, he would want nothing more than to kick this dog. When it's down. He's looking at <laughs> his tops right mm-hmm. now. He's- nothing more than to kick this dog when it's down, right? Yeah. So... Go ahead. No, go ahead. He's rolling there
2: like some wounded pups. He, yes, that man, Shiano. We're talking about that confidence and that jolt of just, you know, bringing that kind of dog out of guys. We've seen that this year. They've made a, a you know, a turnaround. And it starts, like we said, it starts up here. Yeah. You know, the X's and O's will come. And definitely need to preach it. But it starts up here first. And it seems, you know, they're not perfect either, but they're not the same Rutgers that I've witnessed. You know, as a <laughs> Jersey guy, I've always kind of secretly – you know, I want Rutgers to be, you know, good. You know, it doesn't bode well for Jersey when they're the laughing stock of the conference. You know, so I'm not—I wasn't a huge fan of Shiano, but I want them to be good. and I'm glad they are. And as we said, if we roll
0: in there like some sad pups. We'll leave as some sad pups. Yeah, but the Rutgers is improved. I mean, they're—they're they're improved. They're not what they were last year. But if you go from you go Ohio State, Indiana, pre, you know, pregame. You walk into there going Michigan, Rutgers. It's good. it's in Indiana that you can just kind of mm. survive through. So, yeah, a great opportunity for again our boy Ty Road Dogs, get in there, Juwan, oh, wow. and I know they were they you know they were probably on been on the phone mm-hmm. calling all the recruits saying you know make reassuring everybody like this. Hey, we're we're going to be good. Like obviously they have the you know the players believe in them. So that's one thing, you know, they've been sitting back saying, hey, we I'm sure they've got <laughs> they've got some things lined up that they've been wanting to run all year. And this is a great opportunity for them. But uh, this is we're going to see how they respond. Right. That's what pretty much that'll that'll. that'll yeah, that's when you get that's when you get defined. Yeah. So <laughs> you exactly. respond in these kind of moments as a, as a locker room, as a team. So they, the film's still rolling for all these guys. Right, yeah. the film's still rolling, man. Everyone's being evaluated. This is opportunity business. So,
1: yeah, I'll say this: I am I am ex- I'm very excited for Ty and Juan, But you know, selfishly, Ty—he was my center. It's my guy. <laughs> um, I did text him. I said, you know, hey, let's go, Bubba, and he's, he shot me right back. And you know it. You know, so I think he's excited to take it on. But I do think that this is this is an attitude check. You know what I'm I think we're really going to find out what this locker room is about, and what the culture Coach Franklin has brought in, not what he's preached and not what he's publicly marketing has talked about. This is a real gut check, heart check for what the program is internally. That we all sitting here played a part in fighting for through the hardest time in the program's history. Right. So I think, um, just for me personally, I am going to throw my Letterman hat back on. Like I want to see what this locker room's really about. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, we elaborate on it. Like this Rutgers team is no slouch. Yeah. And yeah, um, it's, this the whole. It's so crazy how in four weeks the entire the entire attitude of this has changed. But it goes back to what I said. Football football is an extremely humbling game, and it's such a fast moving, fast evolving game, and the tides can turn like that. And that's where we're at. You know what I'm saying? I think I think overall, from a fan standpoint, like this is now a, 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 a quote unquote failed season. So, uh, it, fortunately for these players, you know, a ten and two and a new year or, or a nine and two and a new year six bowl berth and an opportunity to win ten games is is considered a failure nowadays. Whereas when we were there, you know, <laughs> was 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 a damn good thing. Um, right. So, a uh, testament to all who played a part in that. But I, I, I just want to see that because yeah. you know, for me personally, if that's not the case, you start seeing guys bailing out, you start seeing guys quit, you start seeing guys roll up in a ball. Uh, that's going to piss me the fuck off.
2: Right, which will be tougher nowadays with the kids nowadays. Everyone says it. Every guy I know that's coaching says the kids are different. They got money and X, Y, and Z. So the mentalities are a little bit different. But as you said, what's going what's to make those true Penn Staters stick out? You know, I was going to ask you guys as coaches, I know you're not college, but what's the conversation with the recruits? But you kind of answered it when you brought up you know, ourselves. Marty, you know, we were looking up to you through those tough times. But Hack and I, you know, we still came in and was like, hey, we still want to be a part of this and do X, Y, and Z. Now I'm kind of looking at recruits the same way. You know, the uh, program definitely isn't where it was at that time. I know it feels like it because the expectations were so high. and Everyone's down to dumps, as you just said, 10-2 and New Year's Eve Bowl. Still a beautiful thing. But, you know, for the recruits, who's going to be those guys that kind of – As you said, not just tank it, either jump ship. If they do, go ahead. But, you know, the guys that really want to come in and make an impact, you know, because the opportunity is there, you know, as we, you know, have seen. Can you come in and uplift this program? Are you the guy that's thinking like that? You know, not just, oh, I want to go and be a good receiver, get to the league, blah, blah, blah. Or I just want to go and party and have fun. But am I going to come into Penn State, have a chance to cement myself and legacy, on the highest stage, because that's where the expectations are at right now. We can talk about the offense, you know, who's going to, who wants to come in and bring that jolt of energy? Or if it's a guy that hasn't been getting a lot of playing time, are you yeah. going to jump shoot and hit, hit the portal? Yeah. Or are you going to come in and like, nah, man, I'm, I need, something needs to change. I'm going to change my, you know, process and I'm getting on the field and I'm demanding to be that guy. Because I think that's a possibility too.
1: There's, a lot, There's of- a lot of opportunities for that. thing. I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities for that, especially on the offensive side of the ball. You know, yeah. Let's one, get those guys. yeah I mean, I, I'm again being in tune with all this stuff. Now you're seeing reports of, of guys in the receiving room. You know, not not watching tape. You know, they got they got put on the bench or not watching tape. They're not doing the things to to be a pro and try to get back on the field and earn earn credibility within the staff. So hopefully that hopefully this little change gives gives everyone kind of that fresh slate. Um, and like I said, at the end of the day, we're going to find out um we're gonna find out who's about that action and who's not and who's really a penn state guy and and who's not and who's who is gonna help bridge the gap and who is not um so you know yeah
0: you you said it christian is like uh we were i think i was i texted yesterday it's like hey what how about this roster what happens in in a month and you and you respond as simply as we're gonna find out who wants to be here. <laughs> we're gonna find out who wants who wants to play here and, and again, like that's something that you you got that's an eight, man. You're like hey, I, I'm it's still Beaver Stadium. I don't care if that if that thing's freaking got ten people in it. Line it up. Let's go. Bro. And Bro. like you come you came here for for a reason. So
1: Yep. And uh that's I mean that's that's what I think we're at, B. So to answer your question, you know, tough challenge. I hope we answer the bell. I hope we come out breathing fire. I said it before the mission game. I'm going to say it every week. I hope we're coming right. out breathing fire because you you want kids in your building. You want kids in your program who you can rely on, who you know are going to put in as much effort as you are when your back's against the wall. You know what I'm right. saying? When you're when you get sucker punched in a bar and you turn around, you're going to have you're going to have ten of your boys right there with you, ready to go, right. you know what I'm and and not not turn around and be like, "Fuck, I got to I got to handle this." Like. And that goes for everybody. You know what I mean? I think that's, I think that that's vitally important for coach Franklin moving forward with bringing an offensive coordinator in and keeping Manny. Like, I think he's got that piece on the defensive side. Like it's just, it's so vitally important. Sports are awesome. They're great teachers of life and it teaches you, you need to surround yourself with people who want to be as successful as you. And if you truly have a vision like that, you cannot compromise character for results. You have to buy into your character. And like I said, Unfortunately we're in this position again, but I think just due to the expectations and the over promising and under delivering in a lot of ways, you're gonna find out the character and the DNA of this team and if it really is a place where Manny Diaz is gonna say, you know what, fuck that twenty million, I'm staying here because I believe in Mm it. So Mm -hmm. the kids (laughs) have a great chance. The kids have a phenomenal chance. Um, and and I just I just hope I hope to hell, man. I hope to hell that we do it. So as um, you said the dream,
2: man. You fall yeah. back on the process. Fall back on the process, back to the drawing board, back to the lab. It's about the work you put in. A lot of noise about this and that and who's going to do this. But at the end of the day, you got to put the work in and go out there and execute. And yeah. As you said, we'll see who uh, still has that on the mindset.
1: Well, we've been ripping. And I'll tell you what, I don't <laughs> even think we're halfway done here because, well, I'm uh, not gonna say halfway done, but uh, we got a – hell of a mailbag here uh probably the best mailbag we've gotten so i want to i want to give a big shout out to all of the pocket followers and listeners um and and, hey buckle up i hope you guys got a little long commute to work this week
2: (laughs) hey man i got a lot of um a lot of people shouting me out stopping me in the stadium once again fans of the pod giving us good feedback, keep telling us to do what we're doing. They were waiting for this reaction, you know, (laughs) trying to get answers out of me after the game. I said, hey, you got to wait. Wait till the show. Tune in. I appreciate you. Uh, Yeah, this is... I hate that, though. This has been the best mailbag after such a uh, a sad (laughs) day on Saturday, but we're going to do our best to
1: uh, answer everything. (laughs) We're we're getting some traction. So, all right, I'm going to tee this one up and we're going to start off hot. Um I'm going to go from Instagram, at Delacontessa. If I, if I butchered that, I apologize. Um, I, I wasn't an English major. But <laughs> okay. uh, uh, as former players, do you think the right person was fired? Oof. Hot. Shit. Hot. Yeah. Right out
0: of the <laughs> yeah. I mean, You go first, B. <laughs> I
2: mean, <It's> easy <laughs> to say, yeah. And after those two performances this season, it's definitely easy to say, yeah. The thing with Franklin, and it is tough, former players, um, our former coach, uh, Hack and I had a one extra, two extra years with him. Um, and I appreciate the man severely, and I definitely don't slight anything he's done at Penn State. I definitely don't uh, give him as much criticism as everyone else, but fairly enough, you know, you're not meeting expectations, you're not meeting expectations. When we're players don't meet expectations, we get chewed out, so – same thing for coaches. But I think with Franklin, it's almost like that meme I'm thinking of. And um, it tells you don't stop. You're digging in a gold mine. The, the diamond's right on the other side if you keep going. And it's so tough because we're so frustrated. We want to just say, F it. Let's move on. But at the same time, is what's next? You know, you mentioned Georgia. Is there a Kirby Smart out there that you believe could take this program the program, not dip at all and just take it from where it is and exceed those expectations. Is there a guy out there that you believe can do that? You know? That's a question. And on the other half, it's, man, he's taken us so far. We were a part of it. You know? Yeah. And we're there and it's just, you know, we're so frustrated because in these games that we should not be losing. His record against top 10 opponents is literally probably 10 plays in the e- combined that the game changes, but we can't seem to make those plays. So it is very frustrating. And that's why I'm torn because I feel it. We're there. And me personally, I have to believe that up and firing him would set us back. Yeah. You know, in the current moment where there's a lot at stake. and I know it's easy to say, oh, just get out, get rid of him. But once again, what would be next?
1: Moss?
0: Yeah. I mean, at this point in time, the way Saturday went, I think again that's the option with the least amount of collateral. Had to do it. Yeah, had to do it.
1: Yeah, I I obviously painted a big picture, and I feel a lot of the same sentiment that you do, be just about the whole situation, and it is tough. Um, But to everyone's point. You know, I think right now where it's at and kind of the bigger picture of what I laid with the back end and, and alignment. And, you know, you, you bring up a good point with that diamond being right there and, and a new a new AD, a new president who are finally, like I said, aligned. We talked about it. You know, I, I, I think it would have been unfair to not give it a chance. And I think that's where everyone's at. I think everyone is saying we're going to give it a chance and we're going to we're going to here, you know, here's your chance. Um, you know, you've been here for ten years. Here's your chance to get over the hump. Here's your chance to make that splash higher. Here's your chance to figure figure it out. Um, and like I said, do I have the answers to how long that leash is going to be? I don't. Um, so we'll, that's another big question. We'll find out. But um, you know, given the current circumstances, Marty, you said it, you said it perfect. You know, least collateral, least least damage. Um, the, the correct decision was made um we'll see how everything else plays out and i'm pulling for everybody like you said be like we're we're here we want the program to be as stable as consistent as successful as everything that we're being told it's going to be and everything that we're seeing it right. can be as evaluators of the game so i'm here for it um i don't ever i don't ever pull for for a man's food to be taken off of his table um never have never will mm-hmm. but um you yeah. know, we're, we're just going to see how it's going to play out. But it, it, to answer that question in short, um, least collateral. Great. Well put. Well put. Mons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's go to MJP5098. This is also an Instagram one. Can you explain why your is the problem or was the problem? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I get the offense is not good at moving the sticks, but doesn't Franklin co-sign on all of as plays? I think that's interesting. Um, I guess I'll kick us off.
2: I mean, I'll start with, I don't know, the process of play picking. I do not not privy to that. Information. Well, there's not
1: enough time for Franklin to co-sign on every single play. I'll, I'll get that out of the way.
2: Okay. Um. But I think, yeah, I think Franklin's tenure, it's kind of he's given the keys to the offensive coordinator, you know, in a, in a sense to, you know, he entrusts those guys to make plays. We've seen the successful, you know, stories on that end and those guys go on to be head coaches, you know, so it's easy just to, you know, point the blame. But I think, you know, Hack's been mentioned it throughout the season, the kind of lack of creativity and Franklin mentioned it this post-game getting this young kid in rhythm and like really being a quarterback friendly offense, you know, we, and that's the crazy part. We've gone against teams that have done it, you know, whatever you may say again about Kyle cord and uh, McCarthy, you've seen the offense kind of, you know, play into their hands. Heck you mentioned on the sideline this past week, we got to get, we got to get our kid on the move out the pocket. Yeah. We've seen, you know, Michigan did the same play about three times made a nice, easy read, boom, 10 yards, and gets that confidence going. I mentioned in the Ohio State game, I think right before halftime, we hit a string of plays. They were kind of working with him, got him in a nice rhythm, got Drew's confidence going. Injury happens, and we kind of tried to get right back into it, but I think that's where the psychology of knowing your guy, getting that confidence going, I, don't, I think there was a disconnect there. And I hate seeing the young kid frustrated on the field. You can see it, like – I didn't really I don't think I agree with what we just did there, you know, but he's a freshman. I don't expect him to really kind of, you know, do much uh in that sense. And I think ultimately it, such, it falls on him. You know, he's the guy with the Franklin's there, too, I'm sure. But he's the guy with these guys day in and day out in practice. And then to come out and kind of perform that way, it doesn't meet the standard.
0: Yeah. I'll, well, I'm going to use it. I'll flip the flip the question over because I've, I've been around offense, obviously. But you know, is James going on the defensive, clicking over to, to Manny's and saying, "Hey, we run. We should run this." Or, mm-hmm. if, they, or think, if things are if things are not going wrong, he probably is not as that doesn't have as much input, right? I mean, he's, so I think because things are obviously weren't going right, there probably was a little bit more going on, on that mm-hmm. side, you know, so again, again, you know, I'm not on the headset, but
1: yeah.
0: Sure. You're getting situations, you know, his decisions, you yeah. know, that, that's been a, that's been a, a, a criticism for, for a long time in big situations. So.
1: Yeah. I will say having been there and at least during my experience, he did have some influence. Um, but again, I think I truly do believe he's gotten more to the CEO side of things and particularly on game days, but that's not to say that I, – I, I, would, I would venture to say that Coach Franklin definitely spends more time in the offensive meeting rooms during the week. And now that's, that's, yeah. a, that's a point to, to, to hire. But at the end of the day, it is up to the offensive coordinator as a man to figure out, like, how he's going to do it. Because no matter what's going on, what he has control over is how he calls the game. So, sure. uh, yes, I think ultimately, Yursich, when it came down to what was going on on second and three against Indiana, who was making that decision – uh, I think it was pretty much, pretty much your stitch rolling with it. Um, now coach Franklin probably had some input. Um, can that muddy the waters? Can it not? Yes. Is that coach Franklin's fault? Absolutely not. Because at, at, at that point in time, if you're in a situation where you're evaluating a struggling part of your business and you're a CEO, you're going to insert yourself and try to make it right. Um, it's up to your guys then to have the the mental and for lack of a better term, testicular fortitude to believe in what they're doing and continue to breed that confidence into their players. So um, again, I think I think Yursich met his end um, because of that. Um, when it comes to elaborating on does Franklin cosign on all plays or not, I don't think it happens on game day. I do think that he was definitely in there during the week, um, but and giving it a little more attention. But again, you can't blame the guy when at the end of the day, you know the two people who have to answer for most of these things after games are the head coach and the quarterback. Right. So I, 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 I can't blame him for that. So at T is me too. I go back to the Joe Pa days at Penn state as a Penn state fan. And I can't remember a string of losses to Ohio state and Michigan in the Letterman's opinion is it time to find a new head coach who will be able to beat these teams, especially with Washington, Oregon, UCLA coming into in, coming in next year. Although it was an entertaining game, I cannot wrap my hand around the Rose Bowl loss to the USC the way Barkley was playing. So we already answered this whole you know coach mm-hmm. thing. But um, let's let's maybe let's maybe dive into it from the aspect of you know we have USC we have Michigan and Ohio State right now that we've been that we've been tussling with and trying to get over the hump with. And when you add a program like Oregon, who I think has a hell of a ball coach in Dan Lanning, you have Washington, who is an extremely dangerous program that is doing some really good things right now. Um, UCLA is always a wild card. Chip Kelly down there. He's he's a little bit of a mastermind himself. Um, yeah, so he's you know, on the hot seat. Yeah, he's on the hot seat, but a little bit of a mastermind himself. Um, but you know, you, you start bringing in these brands, you start bringing in these things. It adds it adds a few more, <laughs> adds a few more uh, soldiers at the table who can who can who can hurt you. So yeah. um, let's go to maybe that mindset of answering the question with that with that expansion. Um, you know what's 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 the what's the tone in the building and and how are we going to head that up and i think we kind of answered that with this being really important hire but what do you guys got
2: yeah and i and this is where i i take my fan cap off and put my i've played football my whole life i played here as i hate hearing that it's who what does that mean how do we know you can hire anyone what makes you think they can beat those teams you know the proof is are going to put in you hire someone it's going to be a guy who probably has not had a job recently at least. So what does that say? And like I said, is there a Kirby smart just laying around there that you would believe has the, you know, the resume that says he can take you to the promised land. So I, I think in this culture, everyone's upset and I get it. It's very easy to just let's can this guy and move on, you know, yeah. It's it's a very complex decision for any university, uh, and I think especially a Penn State University, whose you know coaching resume is very short. So yep. then you get into getting the muddy water is just firing a guy whenever you get upset, and I get it. There's there's merit to every argument, um, but I just don't I don't have a way to answer that question because I don't know what that guy looks like.
1: Yeah. Marty, let me let me let me turn this for you because you're a guy who played for Joe, and you played for Joe, you know. After it was very long established that that guy was going to leave on his terms for the most part, um, had nothing <laughs> crazy happen. Um, what uh, what it, talk about that? Because I think that's interesting, right? I think the I think the amount of pressure and the amount of expectations Joe had won two national championships but he'd been there forever he won two national championships like I think the fan tolerance for success against programs and you guys I also don't think Ohio State and Michigan were quite where they are right now in the national landscape but but yeah can you talk a little bit about that because I think that's unique
0: yeah it it was unique and that's I mean it was a different expectation it was a uh, yeah yeah we went out we went to Columbus twice in my tenure and while I was there, and went went and beat Ohio State, we had our way with Michigan. For, you know, for the most part, um, I think it was two or three out of out of four years, but certainly twice at at home. Uh, those Bernard Robinson years, but those that that program, those programs were in a different place. The expectation was—I mean, Joe was Joe was different. The game was different. The whole landscape was different. Uh, you know, I, you don't—you you can't have an eighty-three—you couldn't have an eighty-three-year-old coach today. You can't have an eighty-three-year-old president today, right? Like you—you you can't do it. It's just so. And so that was the whole—that was just that's a unique that won't ever happen again. So, but one thing I do know is that we had we had great players that came through there. Whether you know, now, now the portal was different that would have changed again the dynamic but uh, you yeah, know let's let's i don't think we you, know, you don't make that decision right now anyway mid through, in the middle of the year no. and this penn state's a penn state head coaching job is a is a is a top caliber head coaching job penn state's because of the because of the setting because of the place all the all the things that make it great what it is um you know that's not something you do you know mid midstream here like the two games left yeah. um so i think they know uh, in the sequence here of time you know the, you let's see who they go for oc you know and then um, like you said the beginning to take it back is is you know this this would be number you know number six i don't know how much what yeah. they leave what that runway looks like but i think i think that's that's going to play a fact i mean it, it plays a huge factor
1: that's a good point. And I think I think it I think this next question is great too because I think it I think it paints a picture, right? Like I think we're all on the same page. Like it like coach Franklin firing him is not is that it would have been a completely irrational decision. And mm-hmm. um for a lot of reasons. And I think the Georgia comparison is a great time and then your point about the timing of it Mott's like the timing of those decisions don't don't it, it it doesn't it doesn't bode, right? So from our guy at Farziness um on twitter on x sorry formerly known as twitter still twitter to me kind of a little bit but um franklin took psu uh to a team with elite talent elite defense great special teams the missing piece is oc the move was made with the other three pieces intact um this is uh the last step in the process the trend is clear but if no Big Ten or college football playoff, no Big Ten championship or college football playoff birth in 2024 or 2025, we should move on, agreed. So we got a defined timeline here from our guy at Farziness. I
2: mean, it's, it doesn't sound too outrageous to me. I mean, obviously, who knows what the future holds, but as an optimistic, fan and alum like i said we're going to be here regardless but on the optimistic side i mean yeah that sounds yeah that sounds easy yeah, to get no,
0: th- i mean at this point there's no tolerance really for another shot yeah. in the, now that's i, I, I don't got a crystal ball but yeah but the way the way you're coming out of that stadium on saturday is and they're gonna go, go they're gonna go spend for an oc <laughs> they're mm-hmm. gonna go spend so um it's you know next year if if, if that's the that's the year it's got to come together and and I don't I, I, th- that's a great point too cuz you do have those other two components in the defense and special teams that have given the offense short fields they've given them all year long it, 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 so yeah ideally in a the, in a the perfect world you just plug that piece in and it's like oh we're we're right. we're we're, go, we're good to go but right. that's uh, the-
2: ask the uh, new york jets about plugging one piece in and expecting it yeah everything. yeah so that's, the,
1: that's you know
2: it, it looks great
0: on, it looks great on a whiteboard
1: but. <laughs> <laughs> sounds good on paper that's yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah i think that's fair you know i i said it, and it like to just put it in layman terms like i think this is the last get out of jail free card before there's any deep evaluation and you know i don't want to rush to judgment with anything and I think we're taking the right steps. Uh, I know yeah. that's what a lot of fans don't want to hear, but I think it's the correct answer. Without having, without, without causing the most damage, um, it's it's the it's the least it's the least damaging option and the least damaging route. And I think the smarter play because you also yeah. get to see how everything else develops, right? And maybe maybe that Kirby Smart type figure does show up down the line or something like that, right? Like who knows? But I'm not. I'm not. Again, I'm not the guy that gets paid to make that decision. Um, you know, well, uh, I think that
0: fans not they don't they do they don't see it all right. I mean, the yeah, guy yeah. like the guy that does is, is Pat Kraft, or at yes. least has you know pretty most. I guess most to say right. That's yeah. that's his call. That's that's a guy that that's a guy knows knows how to make decisions. Yeah, I
1: believe in for sure.
0: I right. certainly do. There's yeah. no question. Yeah. Be around. If, Stick and stand around him for 30 seconds. You uh, know, I mean, it, it helps. He's, he's a linebacker. You know, we, we, yeah, you are. <laughs> so we see things <laughs> the
2: same guy, easy, you to like. And it's actually, I'll pose this question to the fan base and you guys. And I know I'm a little different, and but I've, I've worn the blue and white. I'm Penn State traditionist. But does Penn State ever come to a time where we kind of let go of a little tradition and move and think and operate a little outside of our natural disposition, you know, and that can mean a lot of things. And, you know, just from play type and environment and, you know, certain like just aspects of how we operate NIL for sure. That's something we're dealing with right now. But I personally... And maybe i get a lot of, i'll get a lot of slack but i think there's there's something to letting go of tradition and thinking outside the box to get us over the hump you know and i don't know what exactly that is but i think i would like to be open to that thought
0: you got to evolve that's one thing you got you have to be able to evolve and but it's still got to it's still got to reflect reflect the core values right but the window of time uh you know, to, to to maintain everyone's attention it's, mm-hmm. St. College is a hard place to get to people spend hours in their car get up there burn a whole weekend getting up there um you know and a lot of money too <laughs> what's that
1: so they spend a lot of damn money too <laughs> spend a lot of
0: money they spend a lot of money so the uh the i the idea that it's going to stay the same is uh it, it can't like they have to evolve it and they've got to find a way to to update it at the same time, the stadium. There's there's a lot of things that that need yeah. updating. You know, to to if they want to be a playoff team, like you got you got Washington, you got USC coming, you you expect to compete like this window's here, and then then the next one is, you know, you got to wait, you know, almost the next cycle. So, um, they got to get it. They got to get it going right now, you know. But then that year or two, really next year, I think is their good window. I'll put my first piece
2: out there. Just throwing it out there. We need an all-black uni. A little superficial. Black uni, blackout.
1: <laughs>
2: the whiteout no, is white no. crazy. I'll give you that, people. Here, Here, Here we are. Here we are. The whiteout is crazy, and we, it's a national treasure. If there's one way to up it, you saw what Ohio State did. Black Listen. it out. Listen. Woo! I'm going to look sweet. I'm telling you. I'm
1: telling Listen. you. Listen, brother, I agree. Note, brother. I, I, listen, I love tradition. I know. Hey, listen, but I'm, I'm going to say this right now. I think <laughs> I, the, uh, the evolution and all that stuff's great. I, I, I agree with that. I think we're behind in a lot of ways. I think we have the right pieces that are pushing for the right things. Um, and, and ultimately, I think there's a difference in evolution to compete. But you also can't remember where you came from. And the reason that that place is where it's at and has the potential to be a national, national championship contender and a national brand and even a larger scale than it already is is because of a lot of those guys. And I'm I'm a little bit of an old school head when it comes to that. And, like, I just do not think that you can abandon that and you can forget where you came from at a place. Don't like, I don't think it's possible. No. Right? Like, I, I just no. don't think it's possible. Um, it might be possible at other places, but I don't think it's possible here. Right.
2: No, and I'm not saying abandon anything. No, I know. I know. You're forward not. thinking in today's world, and who knows where the future goes? And you're talking marketing and yeah, branding yeah. and all this stuff. It's yeah. a possibility.
0: I'll leave it at that. Yeah. So, well, here's so one. The original colors were black and, and pink, right? Yeah. yeah. So, that's awesome. I mean, that's. I still That's think you'd get I think you get a you'd get a ton of blowback anyway. Basketball yeah, right. <laughs> for basketball. basketball, you know, it's
1: basketball. You, right. At, I mean, well there
0: you go. It's, hey, it's, hey meet in the middle. Let's talk we'll talk to Mike Rose. Let's go black. Yeah, there you pick, go. Baby. We're talking optics, there you go. we're
2: talking marketing, you got hmm. Nike. You know, I'm a little bit of a creative myself, so I'm just thinking of possibilities. Only because we're a little deflated right now, and I'm just thinking here. You know, yeah, I'm used I, I, I to some 18 year olds to, you know, I, well, I think do you do it? that
0: with I, I think you do that with 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 a foot with with the football product, not necessarily the right. the marketing right. of it, because yeah. that's really what's gotten us here is a lot of market is is a lot of things other than I, I'll, tell, the, you this. The game. I'll right. tell you this
1: game is BAM ain't changed them motherfuckers.
0: Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> but, hey. Yeah, that's shit, man. That's <laughs> the recruiting part is, that part is, hey, all the systems are, are good. I don't know. that. The, don't know, other that's two schools
2: we haven't knocked off. I have a ton of tradition but I have done some evolutionizing things in that regard. Okay, but Bama has not, and they haven't beat Bama that consistently. I ain't going to lie. I'm not even mentioning Bama right
1: now. because I know. I know. Uh, all right. <laughs> All right, let's, let's get to – we talked about the skeptical. Let's get two more. Let's get, let's get to the uh, – let's, let's get to naming some of this stuff. We've been beating around the bush. So from our boy Coker, who do we aim as our new OC, one? And then two, what do we have to do to compete with the Michigans and Ohio State of the World? Is it NIL? Is it lack of wide receiver depth? Coker, I'll answer that. I don't think so. Is it poor game planning slash scheming? Obviously, we think that that's probably part of it, hence your first question. So um, let's touch on NIL and then who we think we should shoot for for the new OC.
2: I mean, yeah, I think the NIL aspect is obvious. You know, we got to keep up in every regard to be the elite team. Like so all we're going that right. Gonna get yeah, that right like these, these yeah. three, four teams we just mentioned, definitely that has to be, um, you know, equivalent, at least, you know, to compete because that's the landscape of what it is. Marty, you said it. Football, your days with Joe is totally different now. This is something that's here and a part of it, regardless of what you think. And that's kind of my, also what I'm saying with the whole traditional mindset. we got to get out of this whole, like, that's not what Penn State does when it comes to NIL because it needs to be what Penn State does now. We're talking about being elite. It's a part of it. So definitely in that regard, and I'll leave it there. You guys cut, it, and we'll
0: go to OC. Yeah. You know, I mean, here's my lineup with the, with that is if you want to compete, if you want to compete in one thing, you want to and you got to compete in in everything, and that's one thing James James has said all off season when it, when it's been um, you're trying to raise money for, this, for an IL, and that's that's it's as simple as that. So. I think figuring out a way to do that where everybody agrees we got to, we got to get there. It's just a matter of, of, of how we get there. So.
1: Yeah. I think, I think we're going to figure that out. I think. I agree. I I I agree. There's there's obviously a lot of ways to skin that cat. And I think there's even ways to meet in the middle with a lot of those folks who may be on the fence. Right. And uh, I think that's onus on, on, on everybody involved to start, to start pulling the rope in the same direction and figuring out, figuring out what that middle ground is and and how to ultimately operationalize it so i got the utmost respect in the folks that have their hats in that ring and the utmost belief for the folks that do have their hats in that ring to 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 get that to get that done and where it needs to be um now let's 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 get to the real stuff i know you just did that i know you passed that off be to buy you some time to start thinking i know i know <laughs> what you just did there you didn't pull a fucking slick one on me what do you got? What you got for your OC short list? Just say, just just throw one or two guys out there. I'm not going to ask you to be Brenneman and put 15 in uh, a whole <laughs> fucking graphic. Together, but.
2: I'll I'll give one, and it goes to my point I said earlier about someone with. I don't really care about names. I need pedigree of. You know, beating those teams or beating elite talent or operating an elite offense to go against these type of elite defenses, whether it's SEC, whatever conference. Um, and I'll go with a familiar name in Josh Gaddis. You know, knows the program, our program and those those other the program we just played knows going up against um, both those beasts that we can't seem to beat. And I think he, from what I've seen in his tenure, bouncing around a little bit, I believe in, you know, I don't really, I'm not going to say I know his concepts, but I believe in what I've seen on paper, on the field at least, from some of these offenses the last few years. And I think he could bode well. I think he has the mindset to adjust to his players and and also bring, like we talk about, bring that that dog out of guys to let them be who they are within an offense. And i like I said, I'm familiar with uh, Franklin. You know, a lot of everything's about relationships, so I'll, yeah. I'll put John's guidance out there. I,
0: I'm not. A, look, I'm not an OC guy. That I, I don't it's know football. all these guys. You're a football <laughs> guy. I'm a football guy. I, let, me, let me. Full stop. I'm a football guy. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I I like I like a, a young guy like a like a Joe Brady or Morehead. The guys that that we're out there that, that, if, that understand what, you know, I've been in a, a Franklin program, but have gone out and won and, and, and proven themselves in other arenas. Um, there, there's, there's great candidates out there. There's, there's really great candidates out there. There's, there's a lot that would come here and take that job in a freaking heartbeat because they see the talent on this roster and how do they know how to utilize it. And there is no, there's no shortage of guys. Um, but those are two names that I like. I worked with with Joe down in New Orleans um, when he was down with um, with Sean and Pete Carmichael in that game with Breeze. Um, so those are those are two names I'm, I'm just more familiar with. There's obviously, like I said, there's just people waiting, in, banging on the door to, to to get an interview here. So
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, I. Obvi- th- it's an obvious one, and I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this really simple. I think you need to. I think you need to sell the house, sell the ship for for Joe Moorhead. And here's yeah. why: he's been there. He has familiarity with the working environment with Coach Franklin. Uh, it, he's the guy who we did win a big T- Big Ten title with. We did, we did so knock uh, We did knock off Ohio State with. He then, you know, he did what we're talking about with Manny. He did go to Mississippi State, got his chance, didn't really like it. Went back out to Oregon, knocked off Ohio State again at Oregon came back um, to Akron, um, you know, is that is that where he wants to be? Probably not. He's going to make way more money coming back here. Uh, he's a Pittsburgh guy. Um, mm-hmm. I, think, I think that's where Coach Franklin's head's at. Um, I think it's something that, for him, he's familiar with, he trusts. He's not going to have to bring in a new, a new personality. And to your point, it's a much easier sell to Manny Diaz. I just think that that's the one that – I think that's the one coach Franklin has in his head. Um, It's, it's, it's safe in all the aspects, uh, familiar, familiarity, everything. And I think you sell the house to get that cat. Um, If he says no, I think everything else is, I think it's going to be hard to overcome anything else. I think Joe Brady could be, could be one just because of, of that, but you know, does he want to come back to college? He's a young guy. Is he trying to climb the ranks in the NFL? Like, yeah. no, no. Yeah. I just think from a, know. from, from, from the whole picture, like you sell the fucking house for Moorhead, whatever you got to do to get it here. Um, it's a guy I have a ton of respect for uh, just the way he yeah. handles himself. And it goes yeah. back to everything that I'm seeing a lack of with this, with this on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, I think he'll bring that brand Outside of the X's and O's. Because at the end of the day, like, people – I think people overhype the X's and O's, right? People are like, yeah. oh, does this system fit this? Does his th-? – like, fucking good football coaches, like, they have a system. But good football coaches look at what they have in their room and they say, what does this cat do well? What does this cat do well? And how do I put them in positions to mm-hmm. uh, showcase their talents and what they do well and minimize the things they don't do well? That's right. a blank period. Really good football coaches do that. And it's and not – still- that confidence to go out Correct. and be the best. And they're extremely Dude. confident In it right and Joe Moorhead right. That confidence side and like I said He doesn't try to stuff square pegs into round holes This is what we do well This is how I'm going to call <laughs> this game And you're going to be confident as shit in executing it It's very very simple So um, any of the hoopla About is Drew you know a fit Fuck yeah Drew's a fit he's a super super talented kid um, uh, You know he just needs some confidence and he needs, he needs, you know, that one person in his ear teaching him to see, realize, process, bang, bang, bang. And he, you know, he's going to be able to go. And if he doesn't, then it's, then it's on him, right? But I but I, I don't think that it was super clear here with Yurcich. I think that there may have been too many hands in the cookie jar. And I think the one guy that can cut all that bullshit off because he's done it in the past and can instill what we need in, in the program is Moorhead. So that's my, that's my soliloquy about that. I think, I think, I think he, he's the guy. And anything after that is, is, it's on, it's on <laughs> hey, new territory. I,
2: I love that. And I will pose this. You talk about a guy helping Drew out in his ear. Is that uh could that person ever be a young Christian Hackenberg? You know, your, your coach, would you ever, you ever uh, think about that?
1: Uh, hasn't crossed my mind, B okay
2: okay I'm at that what about a young a young penn state legend michael Mahdi would he ever grace the uh state college with his coach's presence
0: <laughs> i'm i'm enjoying where i'm at right now in the high school ranks but i that's one that's one team i'll always i always want to be around that's for sure if
1: I got the opportunity it's the only place I'd coach college football i like that the only place I but
0: I'll, I'll, that's 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 a good way of putting it.
1: Yeah, it's the only place I know, it's, it's only I know, place I to get into it. But to your point, he does have a he does have a Joe Moorhead does have a young fellow over there at Akron calling plays for him who backed me up, yeah. he was an absolute animal in any frat that's house. So okay. One of my favorite people in the world, and young Billy Fessler. So. Billy Fest. Shout out to Billy Fest. Let's go. (laughs) Call
0: him up. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. I like that.
2: (laughs) Everybody's throwing these big names out there. They don't know about the guy grinding away in there with the head coaches, 3 a.m., 4 a.m., drawing these cards up and all this type of stuff. We're going to
1: figure it out. You heard it here first.
2: first. You heard
1: it here first. We're going to figure it out. I don't think Fessler's the offensive coordinator hire. He, but, he, no. But. Get you know, those guys around this program and get them, get them back home. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, man. So, with that being said, um, sell the house for Joe Moorhead. Let's see how these boys respond uh, these next two weeks. Uh, we will obviously be watching. I hope that the Mailbag Monday uh, video – lived up to as much hype as i as i expected i was afraid it was a promise and under deliver here to be completely honest with you but um you're gonna you're gonna hear it as least politically correct as possible that you can hear it from from these folks sitting on this call that's why i was excited when Mott said hey i got some shit i gotta talk about so um again this is another episode of the pocket brought to you by state media and the good folks at mercury Uh, Make sure you follow us on all our socials. Like and subscribe this podcast on wherever you're tuning in from, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music. Um, And uh, we can't wait to keep bringing this to you here for the rest of the season. Keep the faith. Keep the faith, Penn State fans. Um, You know, we'll see what happens. So appreciate you guys. Mats, thanks for your time. B, as always. Appreciate it, fellas. Yes, sir.